Freaks, welcome to Radical Research, episode 108. Start with the Infiltrator. That's the opening track from Napalm Death's eighth album, Words from the Exit Wound, released in 1998. More on that later. We are delving into the non-classic logo era of Napalm Death. I'm Jeff Wagner. We are here as ever with my esteemed colleague and biscuit eater. Biscuit enthusiast, even. Oof. Oh, um, yeah. isn't that about the same thing? Yeah, more or less. Okay. But anyway, I like biscuits. You know what else I like, Jeff? I like napalm death. Mm. A whole mm -hmm. lot. Yeah. Uh, this this is another weird intersection in our friendship, I, I think, because this is one particular era of a particular band that we both love, and we both love the albums previous to this as well, I think, almost without exception. Um, but we've... Does, what decent human being doesn't? At least you're, if you're into metal or hardcore or punk yeah. or, you know, if you want to get specific grindcore, whatever that is. Yeah, I've always found this band really easy to like, even going back to like seeing the Scum album in stores and kind of having a faint idea of where it came from in terms of geography and where, in time and how it might have sounded. But back then it was, you know, this is 87, 88 when I was starting to see it. Didn't really know, you know, and, and but it looked enticing when I finally heard them. I think it might have been uh, mentally murdered, which remains my favorite Napalm release. So, so me, you, I believe Jason Walton, and also John Holm. That is our pound for pound favorite Napalm. <laughs> I remember bonding about that with John in Denver when we were walking to the, the 
Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah, made that no, air we made that air into CVS and we had a lot of time to talk. And and that was one thing that I took away from that was like awesome. He's also holding up the mentally murdered gauntlet and saying this is the best napalm. It's one of those but, things too, but it's an EP. And do do we wish it was an album? Some people would say yes, and some people wouldn't. I would like a little more. I don't think what makes it so great is the length. I think it's more the quality of that's what she said. Come on. <laughs> you you walk straight into that one. Yeah, that's what she said. <laughs> but here's the thing. The four albums we covered tonight and this span, now in hindsight, a short span of time for Napalm Death, about five or six years from 1994 to 1998. Yeah, about four years. Yeah, to 98. Yeah. It's divisive. It always was. I remember I was at Relapse when most of these were coming out, uh, or a lot of them, well, two of them. And um, some of those guys, super hardcore, Napalm Death diehards, were not having it. Just not having it. There's a lot to talk about. We'll get to the specifics of it. But just happy to have you with me on this one, too. Because I've always loved these albums, and you always have. And it was it was kind of a no-brainer for a Radical Research show, even though it, it does veer a little from what we do, maybe. But I guess we're passionate about I don't heavy. think it does. No? Uh, no, no, no. To, to me, this is like you know, the sort of divergent, my dying bride territory. Okay. Uh, I don't think, I don't think it's radical, but um, I don't think it's radical. I never understood why these albums were so controversial because I think they're just amazing metal records. Had they kept the old logo and had they never landed on a major label, I'll mm. bet some people would have not complained. I think some mm. people were listening with their eyes or, uh, sort of deciding on the music based on outside things, because ultimately would I have liked them to keep the old logo? Sure. Absolutely. But that's, I can overlook it with when you have something as well, we're going to get into it with as heavy as fear, emptiness, despair. This is plague rages. Let's go. Right, let's get this out of the way. This is the same lineup of Napalm Death because that's always notable with this band. Although that's you know the lineup shifts have slowed down <laughs> considerably uh, in the last twenty years versus <laughs> that that amazing storm of, of lineup changes from what eighty four what was their first eighty two uh, until this point. So this is uh, obviously the the oldest member, but there's no original members here. If you want to get technical, we have Shane Embry on bass, the esteemed and wonderful man. Barney Greenway, Mark Barney Greenway from X Benediction on uh, vocals. And I love the Benediction album he's on. Um, Me too. Subconscious Terror. And um, yeah, Jesse Pintado. You remember the, the first road trip that we took we to, to New Orleans? Um, we listened to that. Yeah, we did listen to it. And um, it, it's a yeah. great one, man. It's It's got a special charm all the way. Uh, and of course, two Americans infiltrated the band. It was uh, Mitch Harris uh, of Righteous Pigs. Jesse Pintado of Terrorizer, and then uh, newest member came in on the album before Utopia Banished, um, Danny Herrera. Uh, it's tough, I'm sure, to fill Mick Harris's shoes. And that's another reason I think some people jumped ship because it was too soon after Mick left. A lot of people had loyalty to Mick, and that's fair. Uh, but man, that guy, pretty good goddamn drummer. Amazing, <laughs> amazing drummer. As we heard on Plague Rages, those really Dude, quick. He and is insane. 
Yeah. He can make a really fast Phil groovy. He's the only person that I know that has made grind funk. Wow. Well, some would argue that diatribes was a lot of grind funk, but mm. <laughs> we'll get to that. I, I love Plague Rages. I love this album. When this album came out, it got some flack. And I think it still does in some quarters with the kind of muddy production. But for me, it always worked as this ultra, ultra heavy thing comparable to our favorites born again by black sabbath and leave scars by dark angel in terms of yeah. in, ter in terms of that muffled and distant thing it was but it just made it creepier and heavier to me it, it is such a a spiteful album it's always seemed so like hateful and i remember listening to it and i was like you know utopia banished to me was a real disappointment um it that's interesting like, yeah you know, um it seemed so, like a real, like, kind of retread. And hmm. this seemed like a really, really, really bold, you know, adventurous move. And it's like, this is the way that this band wants to be right now. Oh, well, I, and I think that of these four albums, I don't think any of them are anything that, that I hope, I hope they're proud of them. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Because sure. they were certainly yeah. into it at the time. And again, they're a little different in some in some small ways that that add up to a lot for people uh for us as you're saying that's what we wanted i wasn't one of those that was disappointed with utopia banished and in fact i think it it's death metal as hell and so was harmony corruption but i feel like it's not a strictly death metal album again they kind of go back a little bit to i love harmony corruption a more hardcore or love harmony corruption no i know um, you do I know you do. Yeah. I do too. Yeah, uh, I do too. Yeah, I, I was disappointed in you. Look, these days I love it. Um, oh, I see. I see. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But but back then I was like, well, damn. You know, I thought they were going to do something. You know, something different. Like it'd be kind of like Enslaved. You know, it's like you expect every album to be some sort of evolutionary shift. Yeah, in their history up to that point, Napalm had done that. It was always quite a different shape of napalm, yeah. and it, it all made sense. And fear, emptiness, despair comes out in 1994, and it was in that grouping of bands that were um, earache bands that got the Columbia logo involved in, in terms of uh, their partnership with earache and and uh, having a Columbia logo along with the earache one uh, on the record. And it didn't to me it didn't mean a goddamn thing other than I think they became a little more popular in terms of um, visibility videos. That, that meant nothing to me. Tours. Like, in fact, yeah. I was actually sort of excited about it um, yeah. because it seemed to me like an opportunity for you know bands that I love to get more exposure. Well, here's my recommendation for people who don't like this album or don't like the major label partnership. You can just put a piece of black electrician's tape over the Columbia logo on the back of the CD or vinyl and <laughs> you're set, you know? There you go. But yeah, so this album comes out, and this is not the lateral step that you're talking about with Utopia. This is um, Napalm getting even more dissonant and a little more futuristic with the, the guitar stuff. We hear that in the chords of Plague Rages. I do believe that Ian Christie is the most articulate advocate for this record. Mm. And he's written some amazing things about this record, uh, particularly in the Trouser Press Guide. And I think maybe as a note to this episode, I will cull together his thoughts on this album and we'll put them in the notes section. Oh, that'd be great. I'm, I will uh, hold you to that. That'd be awesome. Yeah, let's listen to Primetime. And I don't know if Ian heard it, but I, I still hear the massacre influence of the heaviest massacre, even in this era for Napalm, when they are going just a little more, if not futuristic, modern. Oh, my God. 
Danny Herrera. Danny Herrera, man, he's pushing some amazing fills there. It's almost like he's adding a couple hits more than uh, any other drummer might try. No, like he's, he's playing. He, yeah, he's playing over the bow line too. Like, yeah, he, he he really is. He's he's taking some, frankly, substantial risks. You, you think about the stakes of this band at this point. They're in Colombia, right? Yeah, and people have the gall to suggest that this band was selling out at this point. Like, I don't know, like maybe you're hearing something else, but to me, I am hearing a band that has never been more confident in its vision. Oh yeah. Another, I mean, I'll stand up for this one as a great album, but this is to me, the towering one of the four, if I had to pick. Hmm. Mm. Any thoughts? Really? Oh, yeah, well, okay, okay. Well, maybe when okay. we get to the album, then think, you might challenge maybe, that. One. Um, I think maybe I'm gonna get into my Gulf Stream and come up to Greensboro, and we'll just we'll just settle this like two gentlemen, dude. If that's the only way I can see you, then I will I will slam any Napalm Death <laughs> album you want me to. <laughs> I wish I I wish I had a Gulf Stream, and I wish that <laughs> we could live together. Frankly, yeah, that would that would be fun. Are you ask Are you asking me out? Are you, are you getting sweet I mean, on me? <laughs> maybe, maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. Uh, well, anyway, um... you know, Jeff, it's been a while since I asked anybody else. So. <laughs> it might as well be me. Um, yeah. yeah, man. Um, just absolute love for this album. I, I was going to say something else before we got on that track and I can't remember, but I think uh, fasting on deception will perhaps bring it back in my mind. Mm. Napalm Death being just such massive music fans too. Obviously they, they're really supportive and, and enthusiastic about a ton of other stuff that was going on at this time and always were. They were one of those bands that kind of reflected not as so much the times, but just what they were listening to and, and absorbing because I think we finally hear, although they were fans of this band a while back, they, we finally hear some Voivod in terms of, I think the monolithic kind of killing technology riffing style is a little bit in evidence here. It, it's subtle and it's napalm death, but I hear that. And I, and I hear, I hear it in some of the, the play. I hear for me, I hear Voivod in killing joke. Killing joke is a great one. I hear helmet and God flesh a little bit. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and they're just reflecting all that. Yeah. Love it. There's, there's a lot to enjoy on this album and um i don't know what else we can say about it i think we've thrown enough hyperbole at it so next album comes out it's called diatribes came out two years later 1996 this one i think of the four that we're going to be talking about was by far the most divisive by far i think that it's all in terms of optics because i think it's an amazing record and I think that people were just obsessed with the fact that Napalm Death was no longer Napalm Death, right? And I heard people say, oh, it sounds like Smashing Pumpkins. 
<laughs> no, they might have worn a Smashing Pumpkin shirt, um, but then like, you know, I don't think it does. No, I don't either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, are we giving the critics a little too much credit? Because I remember back when Megadeth's second album came out, there were punks that got into the first album, Killing Is My Business, who thought Peace Cells was a complete sellout. And again, I don't know if that was because it was on Capitol Records. Uh, same yeah. thing was said for Metallica, even before they jumped to Elektra for Ride the Lightning. Like, you know, certain punks that loved the speed of Kill Em All didn't, you know, thought that like, the acoustic guitars on fade to black were a complete and utter sellout and escape was too melodic like fuck off you know what i mean like i never fuck fuck the fuck off you know what your punk means shit to me when it's when it's used that way yes yeah Yeah. fuck your punk this album is so heavy and so futuristic yeah and the next two are even more so Ripe for the breaking. Jeff and I were having a little tete-a-tete earlier, and this song reminds us of what, against all you know, good sense, one of our most popular episodes, Alchemist. And it's but while you all reminds us of you know Spiritech uh era alchemist. I would even go a little later because oh yeah me, yeah 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 to me it's I, got I, what Austral yes. Alien tried to be but wasn't yes. quite as heavy wasn't quite yes. as radical but it also spans that yeah yeah I mean that's that's a that's a that that's interesting that we hear that uh, you had mentioned it first I have to admit I, I never made that parallel until we started talking about it earlier but um, yeah yeah I, well, I completely you, agree you know what Jeff. Um, I would have never even known about Alchemist were it not for you, sir. Oh, somebody would have. Oh, oh, you stop. <laughs> oh, you, you, you rascal, you. <laughs> so I love this album. Again, always loved it. It took me back a little bit simply because as we hear in Ripe for the Breaking and as, as throughout the album, there are moments that they inject, like that cleaner guitar thing with the with the accents as, um, as kind of a, a bridge or a break it introduced some different textural elements and, and and I think more significantly changed the texture of Napalm Death than Fear Emptiness, which mm. um, th- this is a little cleaner, you know, this is a little mm. uh, more um, cut it's off. Sharper. It's just sharper. sharper. Yeah. Sharper is a great word for it. And so there's that. And for me, <laughs> I do have to side with the people at Relapse who hated this album, that the album cover sucks. I still think the album cover sucks. It's like, it's pretty bad. I would say that the uh, that the next three album covers suck. Well, this one and the next two, they all suck. Oh, interesting. I don't think Inside like, is bad. It's just generic. That other one, Hold On Words? No, we'll, we'll get to that. We're not going to talk about that yet. <laughs> yeah, no, it, I, I think they all kind of suck. And this is sort of nostalgic for me um, because one of the first extreme metal albums I ever got was Harmony Corruption. And I had a long box. Mm. And I just felt like it had so much character. It was so weird. It's this weird sort of pastiche of things that don't go together and 
it just it 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 always has a like you know kind of a special place in my heart. Um, yeah. Yeah. These things just feel like I don't, the anticipation of uh, digital bullshit. Yeah, yeah. You know no, what I mean? Like, oh, it, oh sure, yeah. Like we're moving into a new era that aesthetically just does not make a whole lot of sense for me. Well, I think a lot of it was, and you, yeah, you saw some of the absolute garbage album covers ever released, whether it was in metal or otherwise uh, in the mid to late nineties, a lot of like nineties independent era or uh, private pressing prog had the same problem mm -hmm. where, where it was um, by standards of today, it was primitive computer technology graphics wise. And naturally people were drawn to it and using it. And that's cool. And, and, and in fact, you know, I'm of the opinion that that's not a completely evil thing. And it was, it was used to really good effect years later, once the technology got better, once people understood this stuff and, and once our eyes kind of got adjusted to it, because, you know, we had to go through that point of like making really like psychotic walls bleeding is an excellent example. I know that's Travis Smith and I don't like to bust on Travis because he's an awesome dude and he does, he's done some great work, but that is rough. You know, that's like, that's what I'm talking about here is that, that era. Well, I, I, like, think about, I mean, Christian Wallen. Yeah. Uh, Dan Seagrave. Okay. You know, they've all, they've all moved on and I don't think for the better. Well, let's not even focus so much on the album cover. I think we've said enough, but uh, it, the, the music was great. Some people said they detected like a machine head influence on this album. And I don't even deny that. I think that first, the first machine head is something that I don't love, but I absolutely respect. Uh, after that, I, I make no promises or claims. Nathan Sapp, my ride or die, Canvas Solaris, Gorging Shade, Companion. I think genius. And I think you would, you would agree with me. Yes, like, musical, musical, he's musical genius. He's a musical genius, degenerate <laughs> uphill genius. Uh, <laughs> but he he makes a compelling argument for the first Machine Head record is is like a post thrash album, sort of like a like a like an Anthrax sound of white noise. I don't know that I agree with him, but much respect to that album. Well, yeah, I. I... I have no reason to dislike it. I I, I see it. But, I understand but everything it. after that. Fuck the fuck off. It gets real bad around albums three, four, and five. I remember taking the. I would say it. album three is embarrassing. Is that the burning red or oh, God? Something yeah. like that. I yes. Don't know. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, fuck it. Let's get back to Napalm Death. Fuck this shit. Let's get back to fucking Napalm Death. Take the strain.
Okay. What I like about Take the Strain, and I guess suppose part of the reason we played it, it shows great evidence of like them having gotten really comfortable and then creative with the two guitar setup because they weren't always a two guitar band. It was only when the Harmony Corruption era happened that they brought in two guitarists uh, to replace Bill Steer. And you, you don't really know it. At least I can't tell it. I wouldn't be able to tell as much if I hadn't known it was two guitarists on Harmony and Utopia, but on Fear, Emptiness, Despair, and especially on Diatribes, I feel like they're making really good use of having two different guitarists to play off each other because one of those guys takes a very slow, sustained chord underneath the chugging there, yep. uh, while the other one you know, is obviously playing the faster bit. I love that. I think it's adds so much depth to their sound. And Well, I, I, I think that, again, they are finally beginning to sort of acknowledge uh the things that it that inspire them you know what i mean like cocktail twins ah smashing pumpkins killing joke all these things and i i think they're finally uh beginning to be unafraid to acknowledge the things that they love and it sort of manifests uh in this really interesting twin guitar language absolutely well said before we move on i want to take a little bit of time to talk about things that are not related to napalm death i want to thank our donors we had um some nice donations since the tiamat episode episode 107 I want to thank them by name eric lynch very evil amount Ronald Sanders, thanks again. Uh, recognizing people's names here. So I think we've got multiple donors in terms of they've given more than once. Kyle Lind, Brecht Veckerman, that's a new one. Thank you, Brecht. Uh, Benjamin Adler sent us one cent. Benjamin has uh, given us donations before that were quite healthy, and we so appreciate him in general. But that was for the Octagon episode that he wants to see. So if you want to like start donating for the Octagon episode, we'll set that. How much would it take? How much money would it take for us to cover Bathory's Octagon? I mean, 10, because, yeah, it has to be that much because I would feel weird. I kind of want to do it. I think it'd be interesting, but then we, I mean, but then we just got to balance it with a episode about blood fire death or something. Right. I mean, it would feel weird to just cover battery and then do that. It, it just, yeah, no, I don't it, know, it, man. Would, it would be like, like bad porn. We could a B blood fire death with octagon. Hmm. I don't know. It's gonna take. It's gonna take more money. Okay, you you heard Hunter. Ten thousand. Let's go, people. And um, also received a donation from Tad Spencer. His donation was, I hope I hope he doesn't mind us saying seventy dollars and sixty seven cents, which is fifty nine point ninety one north plus ten point seventy six east. And he said, "See where that takes you." Uh, I tried that. I didn't take enough time on it, unfortunately. And I, I couldn't get anywhere with it. Uh, obviously, it's map coordinates, and I think it's Norway. Tad was really nice to say. I knew when I heard you guys loved Ulver, Anacrusis, and the Nude Swirl album, I was home, which does our hearts so good. It warms them so much on this very mild winter night even. But yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. So I think he put us in Norway with his donation. If you want to donate, you can send a PayPal to RadicalResearchPodcast at gmail.com. If you want to go to radicalresearch.org, you can find all of our episodes and you can buy Soul on Fire and Destination Onward, uh, my last two books, and there will be more there soon. Yeah, I um, I just want to thank Ben Brain Smasher, as he's known online. Oh, yes. Who just said some incredibly kind things about us today. Oh. On, uh, and I, I w- we were tagged on a post. Ben is a scholar and a gentleman and uh you know just a guy that aligns with us in every possible way and i was just really humbled and grateful for those kind of words i like hearing his name ben smasher of course yeah. uh yeah that's awesome well thanks ben and, and everybody else albert mudrian who most of you should know as editor of Decibel and just all around fucking awesome guy. Uh, he was listening to the Tiamat episode, uh, the previous one, and he got to the end when we, uh, when you said, Hunter, that we were going to cover these four albums, the, the sort of wilderness era albums of Napalm Death. Uh, he said, what did he say? I told you. He said, that, 
Oh yeah, he got side eye. He, the- he said he said woo, and he got some side eye in the grocery store. Yeah, in the produce section. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Look, I I mean, yeah, he's a huge Napalm Death fan. He's had the honor of singing on stage with them, uh, if you want to call it singing. No offense, Albert, but I think you know what I'm talking about. And also a lot of a lot of interesting parallels here with this episode. And before we get back to the final snippet of diatribes and moving on, we wanted to mention a few things uh, that kind of circle around Jason Walton. He had sent uh, Hunter and I uh, a group text um, saying great minds think alike. And, and it was about his record collecting episode on I Hate Music, his great podcast. And we encourage people to check out many episodes of that one. Um, but what he was really talking about was that episode on record collecting includes quite a bit about you suffer it's sort of a part two to that episode completely different subject and he talks and he gets into and he he dissects napalm death's infamous two three four second song however you classify it you suffer and it was not only fascinating stuff for me to listen to and yeah it was an interesting intersection with what we were preparing for this episode but it just got me thinking so much. And I sent I sent Jason about 17 texts over three days, uh, just total obsession with this subject. I happen to think Crab Society North, the SOD demo from uh, July 85, absolutely predates You Suffer. Doesn't make You Suffer any less consequential or interesting, but I my mind started racing on things like that. Like it's place in history the way Jason did it, but I just started to kind of go off. And man, thank you, Jason, because it. <laughs> who knew that uh, there was so much ripeness for thought and consideration around a novelty song uh which now i know it doesn't feel like novelty anymore to me yeah feels a little more important and thank you jason and and of course napalm death but uh yeah and i think you had something to say about jason as well not about jason oh who i fucking hate (laughs) yeah i was gonna say you don't like that guy at all yeah i fucking hate that guy (laughs) i hate the fact that i'm in agalog now (laughs) I hate everything about it. Right. It's it's so terrible. So terrible. Well, who there was somebody you wanted to mention. I love Jason like I love water. Okay. Uh, But I was going to say this about Carcass. Because this this all has to do with Carcass. Oh, Carcass. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. I, and I'm willing to die on this hill. Okay. Hmm. And I think I'm about to piss you off. Uh Oh, you, oh, no, hold hold on. I'm going to guess. You haven't come around to Swan Song, have you? No, no, no. This, no, no. You're yeah, wrong. That's still you're not wrong. a great album. Yeah, all right. My favorite Carcass album <gasps> is Neuroticism. Oh, that. Well, I, I knew that. I think I knew that. Did you? Yeah, yeah. I've been like going back and forth, and I'm like, I can't make my mind up, and I'm like, you know what? This is my favorite Carcass album. So you. you you're saying that as strongly as when I say about symphonies, where as much as I love heart work, as much as I love necroticism, yep. I'm standing, yep. I'm dying on that. Same hand. thing. Okay. And okay. I love symphonies. Of course. And I love heart work. Of course. But yeah. necroticism, that's my album. All right. Well, let's move on. Let's get back into Napalm Death. <laughs> carcass, a little carcass-related band you might have heard out of out of Birmingham. At a, a little, little town called Birmingham. Some rockers. This is uh, the title track to Diatribes.
great about that one or at least it just hit me this way is that um you know barney's still channeling being a death metal vocalist i think a lot of people think of him as a, a hardcore shouter these days which his vocals these days have kind of moved toward that but um i hear just plenty of cam lee influence still here oh tons song. yeah tons okay let's not belabor the point let's get to why you don't care for the album cover of inside the torn apart the the next album the one that came out in 1997 it's not worth talking about Oh, okay. So you're saying it's more, it's not so bad as like diatribes of the next one. It's just generic. Yeah, it's just bullshit. <laughs> Ooh, strong. Bullshit. I okay. heard it here. I'm okay with it. You heard, I, you heard I, it here for, first, yeah, folks. You did, you did, you did hear it here. Well, let's let's let the music do the talking and hear birth in regress. talk about there you mean beside the music no uh, completely in the song okay well then talk about it i thought you were going to bring us out of that one you yeah. talk about it you uh, fucking you talk about it well uh, first of all the sound off like that army thing like that the background vocal very much going back to like 1982 the hardcore roots <laughs> like the total anarcho-punk roots uh of this band i mean there's it's it's, it's there to me in that just little bit it it, it invokes it's, it's it, it, always, it, it yes and that's the thing that uh, when maybe that's the uh you know the sort of overarching statement that we're trying to make tonight it's always the same it's and like death. all yeah. the, the 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 spirit was always there and and i think for me and you like maybe this is even like more in the spirit or to paraphrase Brian Grabenz, it's just great fucking napalm death. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it. I feel sorry for people who don't hear it. I mean, and here's the thing. You and I don't listen to them all the way through to where they're at now in their discography. Like, yeah. we stop at a certain point. And we'll get to that at the end of this episode. But, man, I mean, what a fantastic evolution all the way through. And the other thing is there, Barney doing a little bit of that spoken word, not not melodic vocal, but certainly changing it up. And Barney wasn't known for that. And so we get we get that aspect. <laughs> and then we just get more of a knotted, dissonant groove that is to me a little more complex than anything we heard on diatribes. I just feel like they're getting more into that world they created with that album here and it already feels a few steps removed from fear emptiness despair now do you know what i'm saying like this this song never could have been on that album i don't think oh absolutely not so here we are with a great album inside the torn apart which uh has an album cover that hunter says is just unnecessary uh, we will uh, dive into the next song 
Interestingly, the next snippet we're going to play is called Prelude. It's not a prelude. It's a song called Prelude. It's Finish off the lyric uh, as that snippet fades. Half the time, I can't remember any of the childish lies. It's, a, it's one of the better lyrics, I think, yeah. in this era. Man, that one's great. Got a breakdown that even Matt Rudzinski would uh, would approve of, I'm sure. Mm. Just fucking... I'm not a pit guy. I'm not a slam guy, but uh, I, I love to see it if it happens. It's okay with me, it's, it's, especially if it's real and it's it feels dangerous. You know, like a real whipping one that you can hear. I think you and I are long overdue for fucking up a pit. <laughs> Fuck yeah. that pit. No, no, no. Up. You said overdue. I think you meant overage. Or that. Maybe way too old. Uh, uh, but yeah, I love Prelude. It it just, man. And and it's, it's fucking fast. Herrera, again, blazing. You talked about him a little bit earlier, but I, I, I just, is there anything more that, you want to say about Herrera because you're a great drummer. You you dig great drummers, and I know you dig Herrera. I want to hear you. Yeah, so much yeah. nuance, amazing time, tons of groove and fill. You know, and like those aren't things that you can really learn. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like he just has amazing instincts. That's what I have to say about Danny Herrera. Hey man, I'll I'll sit here and listen to you say many things about Danny Herrera all night, man. I got all night for that. One more from this album, Inside the Torn Apart. This is one that I don't recall where it like where it sits. If the, if it's a set list, if it was a set list mainstay back then, if it was now, I saw them a couple times in this general era, and they were always awesome. But I feel like Low Point is just it's about as strong as Infiltrator in terms of direct cutting fucking awesome heavy napalm death in this era you know yep. what i mean it's an infiltrator of this album this is low point Let's run from the light. 
gotta have the longest sustained blasting of any song from this era i think yeah. right i mean that oh, yeah. that that does take us back to some of the fastest and most sustained mccarris blasts for sure classic napalm death as far as i'm concerned and fuck you who don't love it want to get your take on that last bit we heard in the snippet which goes from that fast fantastic blasting moment uh moments to this real groovy part uh yeah. that happens they they click into it so well that it's surprising kind of makes you laugh in, in that way of like whoa you know surprised like an ambush but i re- i liken that beat to just almost a straight hip-hop beat what it made me think of uh was uh uh sick of it all's scratch the surface oh wow okay i adore that album and it has the same sort of cadence and the same sort of rage disposition as this napalm album sorry by by rage do you mean rage against the machine no oh no, i mean like just like anger it does have some of that yes <laughs> yeah do you hear a herrera like man i could hear a, like a hip-hop artist like man i want to sample that drum totally absolutely that's yeah. exactly what's going on yeah so yeah, and it works. I mean, for you and I, where I think we're probably pretty picky about that when when our chocolate gets in the peanut butter and vice versa. Yep. You know, putting yeah. putting hip hop into metal. You certainly are a bigger hip hop fan than I am, but um, I know you. But do. I don't. I don't like to hear the two mixed. Yeah, but when you can have an element, and it's not as strong as flat out. Oh, here's the mutant version of metal and rap. Uh, you know, whatever. But when when it happens the way it happens in Low Point, I, I welcome it very much. So there you go. Um, Fucking great song. Let's move on to words from the exit wound. Let's get it out of the way. Boy, does that album cover just suck. (laughs) Bleak. Bleak. Uh, It's, it's an, it's another example of that thing with diatribes where like somebody's got a computer, somebody thinks they're pretty uh, clever with it. And they put this mouth on the cover, which by itself would have been about as generic as inside the torn apart. Yeah, no, it's so terrible. But what happens is we not only get some weird humanoid guy coming out of the mouth who just looks so fucking Commodore 64 to me, maybe maybe a little more updated than that, but terrible, terrible computer graphic. And then um, that really annoying thing that would happen in the 90s in artwork with um, words and letters being kind of scattered around, taken from the album title and, and put all over the image. I hate that shit. I don't think that ever works. Like, I don't I don't like that. And I know I'm just getting all fucking bent out of shape about design. But look, man, this this music deserves better. <laughs> Did you have a particular problem with, with the, the lettering thing that I'm talking about? All of it. Yes. All, all of it. All of it. The whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. But hasn't prejudiced you against this album and its music. So uh, we're going to listen to None the Wiser. Or should I say None the Wiser? Because it has a, you know, a question mark at the end. None the wiser. Any first 
So some pretty interesting stuff there. Definitely uh, another turn from Barney on on trying something different vocally. A slaying song. You picked that snippet, and um, I'm glad you did. That's a killer. It is, and you know, I it makes me feel like Barney has always sold himself short. I think he's capable of more. You and I don't love some of the newer Napalm, but I know. Because I, I try to check it out every time it comes out. Uh, and we'll maybe near the end. We're, we're very close to the end of this episode, but we'll, we'll talk about where they went and what we think of it. Um, but 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 the newer stuff, like he really has stretched out a little bit. He's still Barney. His heaviest stuff is very much that more of a hardcore shout. Uh, Sick of it all would probably be a, a good analog for that, for what he's doing. But yeah, he has stretched out a little bit along with the band. They've been doing some different things. But I agree with you. I think he... It might have taken him a few albums, though, to just get comfortable with doing something other than, you know, the, the Cam Lee-influenced thing that he does so well. Um, yeah. And let's let's just just say it. It's, it's not pertinent to this episode, really, but what a great front man. I think this guy, he's so great to watch. I, he always has been, always will be. I, and I love the guy as a person. I, I've been able to have a few conversations with the dude, and man, I just love the dude. Do you remember any uh, Metal Maniacs playlists of his? Because you are the playlist uh, idiot savant. I do. Oh, oh. <laughs> you do. <laughs> I thought I'd catch you on that. Um, no, I remember um, definitely Dream Theater. Yeah. Um, let's see. Maybe this will jog your memory. He's wearing a Motorhead shirt on the on the album. Words from the Exit Wound. Yeah. Any Motorhead on this playlist? No. No, I, I think I'm just too tired. You're too tired. That's fair enough, man. Hunter's had a long day, by the way. We're not going to bore you with the, the details, but uh, you've switched job positions within your job, and uh, you, you're a hardworking man out there. I mean, that, I am. I keep, am. Keep, I'm, I'm, that, I'm doing. I'm doing what I can for the community. Keeping that community and that economy rolling. This is for me. The the snippet we're going to play next is uh, trio or trio degradable slash affixed by disconcern. Now, trio degradable, trio degradable is the experimental bit that we're going to hear and then we get into what we'll just call proper song affixed by disconcern affixed by disconcern is a really great song title by the way mm -hmm. uh <laughs> and uh classic napalm and it's uh it's also one of my favorites on this album i think yours too this is another example of them moving forward with more experimentation and, and just you know doing things a little bit differently from the you know the more straightforward napalm uh, approach this is the fourth song from Words from the Exit Wound. Strangles the presence. 
So here's something that's different for this era, and we don't hear it often. I don't think we have it in any of these snippets, and I don't think it's common at all. Do you know what I'm talking about? What we heard there? No. That screechier. Um, oh yeah, the vocal. Yeah. Very much the domain of like Mick Harris when he would do the back vocals. Well, there you go. We get some of that on a fix by disconcern. Love it. Where'd they go from here? Enemy of the music business came out a year or two later. Actually, two years later in 2000, I believe. I love that when it came out. I'm less interested in it these days because it marked kind of the first real backwards move. It was sort of them, I don't know, they, they put the old logo back. Maybe, maybe they were trying to continue from where they left off with Utopia. What, what's your take on that album these days? I actually like it more now than I did then. Oh, interesting. Uh, okay. And I think it has more like dissonant sort of experimental stuff than I registered back then. Ah, Back back then, I thought it was a real retreat, but and now I'm not so sure. But nothing after that album. I was really turned off by Order yeah. of Lynch. I think Order. Oh of Lynch was... yeah, no, 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 no love for that. Why? Why? What? Yeah. Well, look, and they have been doing more interesting things since then. I've I've checked out a few of them here and there when they when they come out. I'm always interested, but it, it feels to me. Uh, like words is at least the logical endpoint to their evolution. Yep. Certainly enemy of the music business can be lumped in there as well. Uh, interestingly, uh, Albert from Decibel, when he got a hold of us recently, and I had a few, you know, follow-up texts with him, you know, after that initial uh, hilarious thing he told us about the uh, side eye and the produce aisle, he said that enemy of the music business is his favorite Napalm album. What? Uh, yeah. I mean, really? like, I'm cool with that. I mean, like, I wouldn't argue it. It's just yeah, no, 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 same. Surprising that it wouldn't be Utopia, or wouldn't be Fido, or it wouldn't be, as we say, mentally murdered the the short EP. But still, cool in all due respect. Interestingly, Albert said about the Infiltrator. He said, "Quote: Listen to it back to back with Suffer the Children because the song structures are nearly, and he says in all caps, identical." So Ooh. that's interesting. I wish we would have done that for this episode. I don't think we'll we'll study that, but uh, we we encourage listeners to do as Albert says. I think that's kind of awesome. Ooh. We are going to listen to the second half of Infiltrator to go out. That'll be the last thing you hear on this episode. Thanks for hanging with us. Next episode, 109, we are going to look at Japanese band Psy. We're not going to do a discography dissection. We're not going to look at a particular album. We're going to zoom in on the absolute weirdest, most disconcerting, avant-garde, fucked up, weird, weird, weird moments that they've ever done. So <laughs> we, we hope to bring you nine or 10 of the absolute nuttiest sigh moments in snippet form. So join us then. This is The Infiltrator again. Good night. Good night. Watch out, don't be afraid. 
Don't watch. Oh, we 